You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. They think it's strange that you do not plunge with them into the same flood of dissipation. They think it's strange that you don't hang out and do the same things anymore. And they heap abuse on you. They persecute you. But they will have to give account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. In other words, they're going to one day stand before the judgment and experience the wrath of God. But you made the right decision. Even though you're paying the price for it, you made the right decision. You stepped out of that life and you stepped onto the winning side. And everybody that has genuine saving faith has made that step. As believers and followers of Christ, one of the more difficult parts of our faith can be the ridicule and mockery we receive regularly. From longtime friends, colleagues, and even our own family members, it can be discouraging at times to say the least. However, as Pastor Danny will encourage you in his message today, you've made the most important decision you'll ever make. In his study, you'll be reminded that while it can be tough at times, your faith will one day be rewarded with unspeakable glory. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of Joshua chapter 2 with today's edition of The Living Word. Verse 25, In the same way was not even Rahab the prostitute considered righteous for what she did when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off in a different direction. And she lied in the process. That was the first evidence that her faith was genuine and that it was really saving faith. Some people have a problem with her lying, but I like what this writer said. Her initial deeds that proved her faith involved a lie, but we must consider this against the backdrop of an incredibly pagan culture. We must be sympathetic and patient with the character of recent converts. And then the writer mentions a fellow named John Newton. John Newton John Newton years ago was involved, one of the key people involved in the slave trade, but he got gloriously saved. You might have heard of a song that John Newton, after his salvation, later wrote. It's called Amazing Grace. But for a year after John Newton's salvation experience, which was genuine, for a whole year he continued to be involved in the slave trade. Then that, this is not an excuse for sin. But listen, even though it was a lie, consider her pagan culture, okay? And yet, that was the initial evidence that her faith was genuine, real saving faith. And here's what it shows, and here's why God mentions it, even though it was a lie. Because here's what she did in essence. She took a step away from her own culture, her own background, her own people that she had lived and grown up with, and she took a step for the God of Israel and supporting the people of that God. She took a step away from this life and she took a step and she identified with the people of God and put her faith in the true God, the God of Israel. Some great scriptures. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. Listen to it. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. 
all of us lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. That's what Rahab was along with all those people in Jericho because God's coming their way. And judgment is going to fall on those who would not respond to the God of Israel in faith like Rahab did. She was saved. She took a step away from the world, if you will, and for the Lord. Peter writes about this. And boy, if you're genuinely saved, I hope you can relate. I sure can. First Peter chapter four, verse three, listen to what he says. For you've spent enough time in the past doing what pagans choose to do, living in debauchery, that's loose living, lust, drunkenness, orgies, carousing, and detestable idolatry. They think it's strange that you do not plunge with them into the same flood of dissipation. They think it's strange that you don't hang out and do the same things anymore. And they heap abuse on you. They persecute you. But they will have to give account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. In other words, they're going to one day stand before the judgment and experience the wrath of God. But you made the right decision. Even though you're paying the price for it, you made the right decision. You stepped out of that life and you stepped onto the winning side. And everybody that has genuine saving faith has made that step. Second Corinthians 13 verse 5 Examine yourselves to see if you're in the faith. Test yourselves. And one of the initial tests is, whose side are you on? Who are you standing with and who are you standing for? Not only was it saving faith, listen to this. It was surprising faith. You're a betting person. And you're going to bet if somebody might respond in faith to the God of Israel, those people in Jericho, who might be the first one? You wouldn't put your money on the prostitute. Most least likely one. I love the stories of the Bible. One of my favorite is Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5 in Jesus' ministry and his first coming, he dealt with a lot of people. But this guy he deals with here in Mark chapter 5 is unique. They went across the lake to the region of the Gerasenes. And when Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an evil spirit, it was actually more than one, it was a lot, legion came from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart, broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. You talk about a hopeless dude. There's a guy the world's given up on and glad that he's living in the tombs. They don't want him around them anymore hopeless situation. I love Matthew chapter 12, verse 20, a statement about Messiah. Here's what it says. A bruised reed, he will not break and a smoldering wick. He will not snuff out. A bruised reed is a reed that can no longer be made into a musical instrument, no longer be useful. And you just discard it and go get another one. But that's not what God does. He says, what man can't do with that bruised reed, I can. I can make it sing again. I can make it play music again. The smoldering wick, what is that? Well, in our culture, that'd be like saying the bulb, the, the, the light bulb was burned out. You just toss it and you get a new one. A smoldering wick, he will not snuff out. He can make it burn again. I love that. Don't you love the record? Of Jesus after resurrection, on resurrection morning, the Bible tells us on, early on the first day of the week, Jesus rose from the dead. And guess who the first person he appeared to was? Well, it was a woman. And in that culture, 
for him to appear first to a woman, the guys would have been awfully offended at that. But it's more than just a woman. Her name is Mary Magdalene. And the Bible tells us he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven demons. I just love those kind of stories. Little Danny DeVito looking guy, you know, Zacchaeus. He lived in Jericho too. Jesus is coming through. He climbs up the sycamore fig tree to get a look at Jesus. Jesus trees him. Jesus comes and says, Zacchaeus, you come now. I, I got to go to your house today. Zacchaeus gets gloriously saved that day. He's a chief tax collector. He's a dirty, rotten, sneaky thief. And his whole life was changed that day. Most least likely person, Saul of Tarsus. Saul of Tarsus, who became the Apostle Paul, he gets gloriously saved on the road to Damascus where he's on his way to persecute and kill and imprison more Christians because he thinks by doing so, he's actually serving the God of Israel. He's so blind. He gets saved, but when the people back in Jerusalem, the Christians back in Jerusalem, hear about Saul of Tarsus getting saved, they don't believe it's genuine. They think he's using it as a ploy to infiltrate them where he could not before to persecute more. They don't believe he's the real deal. Nobody believed. Saul of Tarsus is really saved? you got to be kidding me. There's character after character after character. Oh, yeah, there's one guy I know pretty well. His name's Danny Hodges. <laughs> I was the guy that my relatives wouldn't let their kids hang out with. If I was going to be somewhere, they didn't want their kids there. And they wouldn't let their kids go anywhere with me, my cousins and all, you know. Nobody's, they're not going to let them hang out with me. I was crazy. How many of you, come on, how many of you, however long you've been saved, your family may be still shocked. There's, I mean, nobody expected you to get saved. I mean, my goodness, the least likely person. Surprising faith. Let me tell you something else. It was singular faith. What do you mean by that? Well, I got that from uh, C.H. Spurgeon, the record of one of his messages. Let me read you a section of his message. Have you ever felt that it's a very hard thing to have a singular faith? It's the easiest thing in the world to believe as everybody else believes. But the difficulty is to believe a thing alone when no one else thinks as you think. To be the solitary champion of a righteous cause when the enemy mustereth his thousands to the battle. Now, this was the faith of Rahab. She had not one who felt as she did, who could enter into her feelings and realize the value of her faith. She stood alone. Oh, it is a noble thing to be the lonely follower of despised truth. Rahab's faith, sinner as she was, had this glory, this crown about its head, that she stood alone faithful among the faithless found. Hebrews contains a unique passage that's often referred to as the Hall of Faith. This section gives you a synopsis of people who followed their Creator without knowing the end result or with having each step laid out for them. These icons of trust were definitely not without flaw. Their journeys weren't free from trials and tribulations either, but they came back to their faithful Heavenly Father time and time again, trusting that He would fulfill His promises. God used these ordinary men and women to accomplish great things in their time, 
and to set in motion kingdom work that would continue to change lives for countless generations to come. We're so glad that you joined us today to study the book of Hebrews with Pastor Danny Hodges here on The Living Word. If you missed any part of today's teaching or would like to explore more of Pastor Danny's teachings through the books of the Bible, visit ccfstpete.church and click on Sermons. You'll be directed to our YouTube page, and we'd love for you to subscribe. When you do, you'll be notified by email every time we post a new message. If you have any questions for us about what you heard today, or if you'd like us to pray for you, please email us. Our address is info at ccfstpete.church. Again, that's info at ccfstpete.church. We count it as a privilege to lift our valued listeners up to the Lord in prayer. That's all we have time for today in our study of Hebrews. Join Pastor Danny next time to continue digging deeper into Scripture right here on The Living Word.